Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have John Bevere on the show. And I love John Bevere and just his story because he didn't even want to go into ministry. And actually there's so many people that I've heard of who are pastors and teachers and and evangelists who never really wanted to go into the ministry, but God called them and they knew that it was God and they left everything and did it anyway. And now they couldn't imagine their lives doing anything else. And he also talks about another story of a man who goes into the Navy SEALs. And that is so powerful that God has called us to do different things and that we like serve him in those different ways. Like being full-time vocational minister is definitely not, not the only way to minister, you know, as a worship leader or a pastor, any of those things. God calls us to the business world, to be teachers, to be a Navy SEAL, to do different things like that, all for his glory, because we all have different gifts. Here's John. How do you discover God's purpose, God's calling for your life? Everyone has a unique calling, and uh, I think people get confused on what that is, what that looks like. And today it seems like everyone thinks their calling is just to be famous, right? Just yep. to be on TV yep. or, you know, to be, you know, have your own reality show or YouTube channel or whatever. And I think we're missing something. And so could you just unpack with us, how do you discover your calling? You know, let's just start with that. With me, it's, it's very interesting. As a, as a young boy, I remember going to the Catholic Church and I was scared because I felt something tugging me. Now that was before I really wasn't sensitive to the Lord anymore. And I remember then, you know, as a you know, full on sinner, I mean, I did what sinners are supposed to do. I sinned really sure. good. And um, I remember once I got saved in my college fraternity at Purdue University, that little pull towards ministry came back. But honestly, Bill, ministry was the last thing I ever wanted to do wow. because every minister I'd ever met was weird. Now, I have to say this, please. Um, I grew up in a town of 3,000. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm a Catholic boy. So my concept of ministry is either you never get married, which that scared me like crazy. Right. Um, or if you end up as a pastor, there was only one pastor in that little town that I knew. And he had a very smelly house and really weird kids. And I was like, okay. So I, I resisted it and resisted it and resisted it. And Finally, a couple events occurred with me that got my attention. One was I was studying engineering. And as a co-op engineer, we would work at IBM for a semester and go to Purdue for a semester. And we were celebrating an engineer's 38th year with IBM. And there was 14 engineers sitting around the room. They're all drinking their coffee. I can't drink coffee. I got too much energy for that. So anyway, I'm just sitting there talking with them while they're drinking their coffee. And this guy says... I've hated every day I've walked in here for 38 years. And everybody laughed in the office except me. I was horrified. Wow. And I looked at him and I said, why did you do it? And he said, and he got a little upset with me. He goes, John, it's a job. You know, you earn money so you can eat and buy clothes. And I was like, shut up, Bevere. And I remember, I didn't say another word in that office, but I, I, made, I made a note in my mind and in my heart 38 years from now, I will not be saying what he's saying. Wow. And I remember my senior year, that was my junior year that happened. My senior year, I called my mom, and <laughs> you tried doing this with your Roman Catholic Italian mother. I said, Mom, I'm not coming home for Thanksgiving. And her first thing was, what are you going to eat? And I said, Mom, don't worry about it. And I fasted. All my fraternity brothers went home that Thanksgiving. I fasted, and I said, God, i got to know why you put me on this earth. And as a result of that fast, 
God gave me glimpses of things I didn't do until I was in my 50s. I have it written down, docu- dated wow. um, the 1981, and yet I didn't see some of the fulfillment until I was in my 50s. Now, that's what God always does. He shows, shows Joseph, you're going to be a great leader. Your brothers are going to serve you, right? But he doesn't show him the pit, the slavery of 10 years, and the dungeon of two years. Right. You know, he shows David, you're going to be, you know, a leader. But he doesn't show him living in the wilderness for the next 14 years of your life and making pillows, you're, you're, you know, out of rocks. Right. So, you know, God showed me that, but I had no idea the road that I was going to travel. So the first thing, though, that I think is so important to say to everybody that's watching us is that God has called every one of us. You know, the, the old mindset is, well, just pastors or missionaries or worship leaders have a call of God on their life. No, every single human being, if you are born again, God has placed a call on your life. And that call is to build up the church in various different ways. It's good. It's good. So you're telling me. So you're, you're telling me that I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to be a minister. I don't have to necessarily, you know, get a paycheck from some kind of church or, you know, religious institution, I can be just as called by God working at a local, you know, college. I can be just as called by God being in the military. I can be just as called by God, you know, selling cars at the local car dealership. You know, a friend of mine, he's actually where my son's interning right now. He, um, he, he got saved in the early 90s, and all that was preached in his church is, hey, the only way you can serve God is be in ministry. So he's, he became a youth pastor, and he was a youth pastor for five years. And he said, John, I couldn't make ends meet. I was having to clean houses just to survive. Yeah. And he said, finally, after five years in prayer and listening to a man of God, he realized, wait a minute, I'm not called to ministry. I'm called to the business world. Now, today, he has... I think five different states and his business is in five different states and he's given over a million dollars into the kingdom. Another friend of mine, I I love this man so deeply. Um, He was, he was raised in the church and he thought the only way I can really serve God, because he said, John, I had a passion to serve God is to go to um, Bible school. So he did. And he went for two years and then he interned in a church on, on the third year. He was accused of sleeping with a girl in the youth group because he was interning in the youth group of this very large church. And he said, John, I never slept with her, but the elders believed her. So they threw me out and they took away all my credentials. He said, John, three years of work completely gone. And that's a lot when you're 21 years old. So he said, John, to be honest with you, I sought God like I've never sought God before. And he said, "Um, God speaks to me and said, I didn't call you to ministry. I called you to military. Hmm. And he was like, whoa. So he went to the Air Force, the Marines. He went to the Army. Nothing. He said, the last one's the Navy. He's sitting in the recruiting office. He has no idea, absolutely no idea what a SEAL is. But the guy's reading down the list, and he says the word SEALs. And when he does, he goes, that's it. That's what I'm supposed to do. The recruiter goes, no, 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 no. 90% of the guys flunk out. You don't want to do this. All of us have flunked out in this office. He goes, no, that's what I'm supposed to do. What neither of them knew was that... He didn't know how to swim as a seal. <laughs> and there's a reason because he had tubes put in his ears because his ear canals were so narrow. And he said, John, if I just got a couple drops of water in my ear, I was in excruciating pain. So he had to teach himself how to swim, pray through the pain every day and say, God, I'm believing you to heal my ears. He said, one day I go down two feet, five feet, 10 feet, totally nothing. 
Wow. So now he's in SEAL training. He steps in a hole on the beach on the last week of SEAL training and tears everything from knee down to ankle. His Navy SEAL physical was that week. He said, if you flunk the physical, you can never become a SEAL. Wow. I go into that physical. He said, the doctor flunks me. He said, Doc, this, this is what I know God has called me to do. You can't do this. And the doc says, are you questioning me? I'm an officer. He said, no, sir. And he left. And one of his friends saw how dejected he was. He said, hey, why don't you come to this Bible study a bunch of us have been going to? So he goes to the Bible study. Well, he doesn't know this. The guy leading the Bible study is an officer above the doctor. And you know what he's teaching them? How to be led by the Spirit. And you know what he says? He says, you know, like yesterday, I had an application come across my desk. The doctor denied him on the physical. I felt it was wrong, so I overrode it. After the Bible study, he found out he was the one. Wow. So he's got chills. That's so crazy. He's just retiring this year after 20 years. He's not only a Navy SEAL. He's a Navy SEAL instructor. Wow. I remember we sat at this restaurant and him telling me this story for two hours in Hawaii. I was doing a conference in Hawaii and I heard that he wanted to meet me and a Navy SEAL instructor wants to meet me. I'm going to that dinner. And <laughs> I remember calling Lisa when I got home. I said, Lisa, I've been in the presence of a man of God for the last two hours. I've had probably the most rich presence of God in a dinner I've, I've probably had before. Wow. And yet he's a Navy SEAL instructor. I mean, he was telling me stories of their combats for like an hour and a half, like his phone turning itself on, on a crossfire ambush, calling his mother who just happened to be in her prayer group. They pray for the safety. They should have all been dead. They get the Al Qaeda. They get out. None of them are injured. I mean, wow. stories like that, you're just going, okay, you're called to be a military. <laughs> and so that's the first thing every one of us have to understand. And sometimes the callings that are so important to God yeah. and so important to life are insignificant in men's eyes. I mean, I believe it's a great calling to be a mother. Yeah. I believe to raising children yeah. is a great calling. Yeah. And, 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 and mothers sometimes can go, well, I'm not doing anything for God. What are you talking about? God has entrusted you the lives of these children. Yeah. You know, I look at my wife, Lisa, knew she was called to speak and write. Lisa's a New York Times bestseller. She speaks to tens of thousands yeah. of women, right? But she looked at me and she said, John, I know I'm called to travel, but I know I'm first of all called to raise these four sons. Where would my sons be today yeah. had my wife, you know, been anxious and wanted to be out on the speaking circuit? My wife realizes that to be in ministry is service. Yeah. It's not glamorous. It's, you're, not, you're not out there trying to build a name for yourself. She was just like, God, I really don't want to do this. I mean, she, yeah. she lost an eye when she was five years old to cancer. Mm. She got out of the required speech course in high school. She got out of the typing because of depth perception. What does she do now? She speaks and she types books. She types. Wow. I mean, so, so crazy. you know, the, and, and, and you know what Lisa used to say to me? She said, I hate women. I don't, I, I don't like women. It bothered me, Bill. It really bothered me. <laughs> and so I come in from this meeting one day and she's just got tears in her eyes and she'd been crying for two hours and she said, John, I said, God's been in this room. She said, yeah. He told me, Lisa, you don't like women, do you? And she goes, no. He said, Lisa, I love women. And she said, John, I've been crying. I have such a passion for women now. Wow. And so I've watched her just li literally her heart break over women. That's a calling. That's somebody who said, God, I'm your girl. I'll do whatever you want. And God ends up having her do what she really didn't want to do. The, 
last thing on earth I ever wanted to do was to be in ministry. My plans were to go to Harvard, get my MBA, and then go into corporate uh, management and make a lot of money, marry a pretty girl, take three vacations a year and tithe to my local church. That's how I was going to serve God. But yet the last thing I wanted to do was to be in ministry, yet God's like, and now I look at it and I'm like, I can't imagine doing anything else but what he's called me to do. And so that's the first thing. When you delight yourself in the Lord, when you passionately love Jesus, he will place his desires in your heart. So what I thought was would be a horrible life of ministry. And I said that to God. I said, God, if I live in a shack, I got weird kids or I end up, you know, in Africa with nothing to eat. I said, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to preach because you want me to. And I love you that much. When you love God that way, he puts his desires in your heart. Now, the thing I dreaded, I absolutely love doing, and it's my life. So that's number one. That was John Bevere, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, What is Your Destiny? Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information at his website, messengerinternational.org. Hope you have a fabulous day today and that you know you can live your 320 life more than you can imagine.